being with God, just from being in his presence, just from having the desire to know him more. It's like so many things have happened as a result of that, okay? And we're talking today about how we don't follow signs and wonders, but signs and wonders follow us. Well, I can say that I've seen many signs and wonders. This kind of blows my mind sometimes, the things that I've seen. I've, I've seen the lame walk. I've seen the Lord heal two lame girls. I've seen the blind see. I've, I've, um, one time I prayed for my husband when he was in a good place where he's, his heart stopped breathing and everything, and he came back to life. And it was because of the fruit of abiding in him. The, the place of abiding is a place of empowerment, okay? And so I know that this end-time army is going to be a, a people that abide in the love of God, okay? And that's what God is saying to you and to me tonight. Come closer. Come closer. Come closer. He says, if you abide in me and I abide in you, if you're... If my words remain in you and you remain in my word, you can ask whatever you desire. Are we quoting that scripture? Because what happens literally, our, um, our thoughts, our desires, our longings are solely transformed into the longings of God. And so then he can actually trust us with his empowerment. Now, why does he empower us? When a person has an encounter with the power of God, the greatest miracle is the transformation that takes place from within. I remember when the Lord healed this, this um, lame girl, and um, prior to him healing her, she was just gnawing on her sleeves like this, and she couldn't make eye contact with me. But when Jesus straightened her legs, she just ran off, and she came back, and she ran off, and she came back, and her, she was just grinning from ear to ear. And it was like amazing, amazing. Did I have to strain in my prayer or whatever? I, I actually didn't know how to pray for her. I didn't know what to do because it was a little bit intimidating. She dragged herself up to the, to the platform where I was at, and she wanted prayer for healing. And so I never prayed for anyone like that before, and I literally didn't know what to do. But what I did is I just grabbed her by the arms, and I just lifted her up, and I became like her walker. And I just walked in a big semicircle around with her. And by the second time, Jesus just straightened her legs. So the place of abiding is the place of the release of the love of God. And he wants to give us his heart for individuals. He wants to give us his heart for us. He wants to give us his heart for the lost. He wants to give us his heart for the nations of the world. And that happens by hanging out with God. Just being with him is, is, is actually really simple and, is, and also being childlike, okay? Because children are like sponges. And if we spend time with God and everything and, and we learn to love the things that he loves and everything, Bill, he said, Vivian, don't say in everything. I just heard myself. <laughs> yep. So... As we cultivate this friendship with God, we literally become like him. We're transformed, the scriptures say, from one degree to another. As we contemplate his beauty, as we spend time with him, he changes us. 
And this end time army is going to be little Jesuses walking all over this earth and reflecting his nature, reflecting his heart, reflecting his character, and walking in the power of God. We, we already know this end time generation. There's hurting people. There's bondage everywhere. There's fatherlessness everywhere. There's um, just sickness everywhere, more than ever before. And God wants to empower us to walk in the authority that's released as we spend time with him. Okay. I'll just say, you know, technically we have authority over all these things as the scriptures say. But in reality, we have as much authority as we allow God to get to know us and us to get to know him. There's degrees of authority. We don't all walk in the same authority, okay? Just like you love your, you love your ch children, and, but would you give your nine-year-old a loaded gun? Okay? No. And so God is wanting to be, being ab be able to entrust us with greater authority, and that comes from the place of being intimate with him, okay? And then as we're intimate with him, we won't abuse the authority that he wants to give us, okay? So I'm excited to be alive. We are alive at an extraordinary time in the history of the world, and God is just looking for lovers because he's a lover. He's a lover like no other, okay? And I, I was hearing this today when I was just um, thinking about the Lord. He says, we're so busy doing that we don't have time to be, okay? So to abide in the Lord means we're going to have to slow down a little bit more so that we can be with our God. And that's a challenge, for this generation, there's so many things just saying, do this, do that, you know. Especially, I was just thinking about this young generation. There's um, video games. What else? <laughs> there's all these things just tugging us away from God, away from God. And God is just saying, spend time with me. I want you to be with me. Do you know that God created us to be fascinated? And Hollywood knows that. And so we see these movies with all these special sound effects and everything to tantalize our senses and everything. But God has given us spiritual senses, and he wants us to be fascinated by him. And so in order for that to happen, we're, we're going to have to say no to some things and yes to some other things. Do you know... This is the most amazing book in the world. I don't know how many books I have at the house. I probably have. Huh? 60? 60 books? Oh, you're talking about Bibles. He's talking about Bibles. I'm talking about books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Limitless books, okay. There's nothing, nothing, nothing like the Word of God, okay? This is the most amazing book in the whole wide world. This book is magic. <laughs> this book is amazing. And 
God wants to reveal himself through his word. And I'm praying, and I'm going to pray tonight, that God gives everyone in this room a fresh hunger for his word. Because when we connect with his word, we connect with him. Like, we don't go to his word for information. We go to the word of God to connect with a person, okay? And so you can't be transformed. If you, if let's say you don't eat food, what happens after a while? Or you eat a little bit every day, a cracker here or a cracker there. <laughs> you get anemic, you get um, unhealthy, okay? And that's how we treat the word of God sometimes. We eat a little bit here and a little bit there. But God wants to ignite a hunger in our hearts for the word of God, not because this is something I have to do, this is something I should do, but this is something I get to do. This is what I long to do. Because when I open this book, I connect with the God who made me, with the God who loved me. So I just want to encourage you, you know, I, I believe that as we make the choice to say no to some things and yes to the things that really matter, God will give us the grace to go deeper in him because that's what we really long for. And sometimes we're not in touch with the longings in our heart, our own heart. And God wants you to know that he created you for him and him for you. And one of the most amazing scriptures in John chapter 15, Jesus says, you love them as much as you love me. Do you know that the Father loves you as much as he loves Jesus? We are his offspring. And I was just thinking about my son, my youngest son. His name is Eric, and he has a son that's one year old, and his name is Elijah. And Elijah was a month premature, and he's had some near illogical challenges and stuff, and he just started to crawl this month. But when I watch my son, he loves Eli so much. I love him so much, too. And But just to see the love that my son has for his son is a reflection of the love that I know that God has for each one of us, okay? We are so precious to him. We're all so unique, and we can move the heart of God. Your love, your weak love can move the heart of God. So God is looking for a certain type of person. And we look at, if we look at the scriptures, we look at David. And, and God said David was a man after God's own heart. And he said, one thing have I desire, that will I seek after, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and to contemplate the beauty of God. That was the longing of his heart. He was a king. He had many victories. He was a mighty, mighty man. But he had one desire, and that was to be with God, to know God, to dwell in the house of the Lord. See, this is the quality of the person that God is going to raise up in this end-time army, okay? I'm thinking about John the Baptist, John the Baptist, um, Jesus said there was never a mightier man born of woman besides John the Baptist. And you know, John the Baptist, he called himself the friend of the bridegroom. 
Jesus is coming for a bride, a glorious bride without spot or wrinkle. And he calls us his bride. I think that's amazing. I think that's amazing, the type of love that God has for each one of us. He wants us to know experientially his love. I've had so many experiences with the love of God. I think part of it is because my last name is Charity. So I've had so many experiences like that. But today, as I was just thinking, I was thinking, okay, what can I share? What can I share and that would reflect the fruit of just abiding in him besides miracles? I, like I said, I've seen many miracles. I've seen handful of people, you know, um, healed of cancer. I've seen um, people healed of chronic asthma, just different things like that. And those things are tokens of the love of God. But I'm going to share something else about how intimate God can be. I remember one time I was going through a really, really hard time. I actually got a letter. I had a, this letter, and it was just like, saying all these things. It was actually a reverse prophecy. Have you ever had a reverse prophecy before? <laughs> you left. Do you know what I'm talking about, Anne? Okay. Yeah, it was really long. <laughs> Instead of saying everything that God thinks about me, it was like everything the devil had in his mind and heart. And guess what? It was disheartening. And, and I didn't know what to do. I called my good friend. She's in heaven right now. But she, um, she says, Vivian, Let's go over to my brother's house. Her brother gave her the key to the house, and there would be no one there. So Bill and I, we went to her brother's house. And so there was this sofa that was sitting in the middle of the floor, and it was facing this big picture window. And in the picture window, there was these blinds. And these blinds were outside, and it was rolled up. Have you ever seen those kind of blinds on the outside? And in the blinds were two birds' nests with mother birds feeding baby birds. That's a rare sight, right? And so here I'm grieving, having a hard time just releasing my heart to the Lord. But I was seeing these birds. I was seeing these birds feed their, the mother birds feed the baby birds and everything. And it was just like a, a beautiful sight. It was a comforting sight. But you know, when you're really going through something hard, Sometimes that's the time when duty calls. And this was in Tacoma, and I was leading a prayer meeting in Gig Harbor. So here I had a broken heart. I was hurting, bleeding all over the place, but I had to leave that house and go to a prayer meeting and to lead the prayer meeting. So here I end up at this prayer meeting. And before I could even get in the house, the owner of the house is named Richard. And he says, Vivian. I have something for you. He says, just wait here. So he goes outside, and he brings me a bird nest. And then he says, Vivian, I have something else for you. And he goes outside, and he brings me another bird nest. Isn't God good? He's beautiful. He's awesome. He's amazing. He knew how much I enjoyed those bird nests just like that. He gave me two bird nests. He's done so many things like that, so many wonderful things. He's the best father that we could ever have. Do you agree with that? Amen. 
just so many wonderful things. Okay, the, another thing, the fruit of, of intimacy or abiding with God is authority in prayer. It's, it's actually the key to release of intercessory prayer is a place of abiding in God. So I went to Africa for the very first time. I went to Liberia, and I went with another group of people. I didn't know them, and they didn't know me, but I became a part of their team. And every person on the team had an assignment. And my assignment was to pray. So I was a prayer leader. Well, the thing about this particular group of people, they weren't used to really praying. But, you know, it's like I was supposed to be the person doing all the praying. So, no, no, no. I'm not the only one to pray. So when we would get together, I would just say, let's all pray. And so, anyway, so many things happened on that trip. But one of the main things that happened is um, this particular group, every year they would go to Liberia, and they would work for the school of children, and they would send a crate over that had school supplies, desks, bicycles, all kinds of things for the school. But it would land in the port, and in this port, there was corruption everywhere. And so what the people did at the port, they were charging every day, excuse me, $1,000 to keep the crate because they were making money. And so they came to me and they said, Vivian, um, Saki and um, the other man, they're going there every day. And they were, you know, trying to negotiate this crate out so that they can actually give the supplies to the, to the students and everything. And so they said, pray about that. So, okay. So in the middle of the night, I started praying about it. And the Lord says... Um, well, they're misrepresenting me at the port. And so, therefore, I'm not going to release the crate. So the next day I had to say something to the leaders, you know. The Lord said he's not re releasing the crate because you're misrepresenting him. It's really hard, I guess, to be, you know, kind to people that are being corrupt to you. And so they're getting on their level. And the Lord's saying, you know what? I expect something out of these men because they're men of God. They're representing me. So what happened is um, I delivered that message. And anyway, someone said, Vivian's supposed to go in the, in the van to go to the port w with the men. And so I did. And I just stayed in the van and I prayed for them. So they came out of the port and they got in the car. And the one man turned to Saki and he said to him, you heard what the Lord say, pray, Saki. <laughs> so basically, they repented in the car, but they genuinely repented. So a couple days later, the crate got returned to them. This has never, ever, ever happened. And they were able to release the contents the things for the kids and to the whole team was able to enjoy watching them receive the gifts and things that were sent for them. And it was really amazing. What was even more amazing was when we returned here in the States, the Liberian government returned all the corrupt funds to the team in America through prayer. 
that doesn't ever happen. So I was just thinking, wow, God, you can do anything. But it's, um, he's looking for that intimacy with us, okay? And I'm thinking about how men and women interact with each other. It's like women give men a certain thing to get what they want, and men give women a certain thing to get what they want. Well, do you know that God gives us certain things to get what he wants? <laughs> yeah, he wants you. He wants you more than anything that you can do. He wants you more than anything that you could ever do for him, for the kingdom of God. And sometimes we get it backwards, and sometimes we just think that we have to do flips and everything for God. The truth of the matter is he is longing, longing, longing for our friendship, for our fellowship. And so how many minutes do I have? Okay, okay. The enemy fears our intimacy with God more than any other thing, okay? And we might think that he fears um, the power and the name of Jesus and all those things. But no, it's the intimacy that he, you have with him because the intimacy that you have with God is, is the place, like I said, of fruitfulness. And he lost that intimacy and we have that intimacy. And so that's something that we should cher cherish more than anything, that the living God desires us, desires to be with us. Okay. I remember one time when I was homeschooling my two kids, and I was exceptionally, exceptionally tired, you know, you get tired day in, day out, teaching the kids and everything. And so I said, Bill, I need a vacation. And he said, yep, yep, you're right. And so I said, Bill, I need a vacation. <laughs> and not only that, well, he was working, so we would have to have time off for that. And then also vacations cost money, and at that time we didn't have a lot of extra money. But you know what? God heard the longing of my heart, and what happened is um, he won some kind of contest, the best salesman or something, on his job. And so he won a trip to Vancouver. And we went to um, the, boot, what do you call it, the Beecharge Gardens and the, what's that big hotel? Empress Hotel. All expenses paid, et cetera, et cetera. And so God is so amazing. I'm just thinking of so, so many answers of prayer. One time, I was with a camp, a youth camp in Oregon, a Youth for Christ camp, and I was one of the counselors with another lady. And it's a beautiful, beautiful camp in this big basin, and it was huge. And so when we were doing our orientation, they said, well, we just want you to know that every once in a while there's a you know, electrical storm that comes through here. So if the electrical storm comes through here, then basically you need to run for cover and you just stay there for X amount of time till we release you. So I was walking with my partner, Sarah, and we dropped our young people off at this um, place where they were doing gymnastics and things like that. And so it was a beautiful, beautiful day. 
not a cloud in the sky, very hot. And, and so I'm walking with Sarah, and I said, I'll be so disappointed if there's no lightning that happens on this trip. And when I said that, I said, God, you know, I turned it, I, I, I was talking to her, and then I turned it to God. And I said, God, and when I said that, lightning just went shoom across that basin, just like that. So everybody had to go in and stay for like 15 minutes. They didn't know why, but Sarah and I knew why. You know, why did he do that? He didn't have to do that, but he did that in response to my prayer. And so he's all-powerful God. I've seen so many displays of um, the power of God. One time we were camping years ago when my son Eric was young, and we went to Penwell State Park. And we were around the campfire, and all of a sudden, it started thundering and lightning, and it was dark. And so my son, Eric, he said to God, louder. And so it got louder. Then he goes, louder. Then it got louder. Then all the kids go, louder. And the Lord started playing with the kids. And this went on for a little bit. And then Eric goes, the loudest you can do. And when he said that, it literally split a tree. We had to run for cover and everything. <laughs> but I'll never forget the day that the Lord played with those kids, you know. He's, he's amazing. He's a father. And he loves to play with us. I've had so many um, instances of God just playing with me because I asked him to. Some of us have had really, I'll say, rough childhoods, and I, I'm one of them that had a rough childhood. Uh, there was a lot of abuse in my past. And so I remember reading the foreword to this book by this man named Thomas Trahern, who had an intimate relationship with God where he can remember way back to the womb when he was in his mother's womb. Can you imagine that? And he wrote all these poems about that. And he was a very holy, righteous man. And so at the foreword to the book that I was reading, it says, unlike other mystics, a mystic is just a person that's really sensitive to God. He said he restored his childhood and he never lost it. So I'm thinking, wow, you can get your childhood restored? So literally, I started asking God to restore my childhood. And I had so many, I've had so many experiences of God just literally playing with me. And at one point, I didn't really understand that that was the answer to my prayer. But I thought, why are you doing all these things? He started doing things with animals and just lots of things with animals. Zebras, tigers, eagles. I'm trying to think what else. Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> thing he did with Winnie the Pooh was um, I was joining some other ladies at the ocean, and we're all going to share something about prayer. And the Lord just um, started sharing with me about Winnie the Pooh, how he's an ordinary, simple bear, and, and just the simplicity of him. And he was relating that to prayer. So when we got to the beach house, we all got to share. And when I was sharing this, it actually made someone really mad because it's like, Winnie the Pooh. They didn't think it was spiritual. <laughs> but it was so interesting because... Um, the next week, I was um, substituting for a nurse at this doctor's office, and 
one of the nurses that I was working with that week came up to me for no reason and gives me the Winnie Poo, the Pooh sticker, you know, here, Vivian. <laughs> and so I also worked at this place called Adult Day Health, and Carlene used to go there. And they have a big kind of, uh, I'll say, multi-purpose room, and they have some counselors and physical therapists and nurses, and we're all in this big room, and it's for developmentally delayed people. And there was this guy named John. And we're in this huge room, as big as this room at least. And I'm in one corner, and there's a guy named John in the back. And John doesn't speak, but um, he's very jolly. Just a big, big smile on his face. <laughs> and so he picks up this Winnie the Pooh, and he starts walking all the way across the room. Now, this room has lots of people in it, right? And he walks all the way back to me in the corner, and he gives me the Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> he was being led by the Spirit of God, and he didn't even know it. But, yes, our God is a father, and he plays with his children. The same God that plays with his children, um, he causes the mountains to quake at the sound of his voice, he hears the faintest cry. Did you hear that little kid? Did you just hear that? Okay. He knows when you're in the middle of the night and you're ha having a struggle. He knows your thought before you even know it yourself. Okay. He's numbered your days in a book. He's incredible. And when we open up our hearts and we just receive that grace to abide in his love and we just spend that time with him, I'm telling you, so many things will happen in your life. And I'm, I'm strongly suggesting that you spend some time in that section of scripture, John 13 to chapter 17, and just camp there. Um, Bill Johnson's a pastor in Redding, California, and he was saying that there's places in the scripture that he goes to when he's going through a hard time, and he calls those places, look, his cabin in the woods. And so are there places that you have when you're struggling, little cabins in the woods in this book that you can go to where you can receive encouragement, where you can connect with the Lord? God wants to do that. God is going to bring up uh, such a powerful church and it's going to be with the backdrop of the darkest times that this world has ever seen because at the end of the age sin is going to completely ripen it's going to be at its fullest you would think it's already at its fullest no it's not that's that's the sad thing but at the same time Righteousness is going to be at its fullest. And so when Jesus comes, like I said earlier, he's coming for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. And only he has the ability to transform us into that bride that's worthy of him. And so as we spend time abiding in his presence, we're allowing him to prepare us to be those powerful 
vessels of love that the world needs to see. Do you know the most powerful thing in the world is the love of God? And so Christianity is all about two relationships, a relationship with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and our relationship with one another. I'm so blessed to be a part of this body. Do you feel the same way? Yeah. And this is just a little microscopic picture of what God wants to do everywhere, okay? And he's, he's bringing people together of like heart. And love is not one-dimensional. God's love is so strong, that he, and he has such a desire for every person to be with him. He's not willing that any should perish, that he's going to do some severe shaking of this earth to shake people out of their, um, I'll say, their sinful stupor, the blindness. And so we're going to go for a ride along with the rest of the world. <laughs> As he's shaking the world, we're going to be shaken too, but he's going to keep us. He's going to keep us, and he doesn't want us to be afraid of the shaking. The shaking is necessary. And there's different words that actually have bad connotations to, to believers. One of them is repentance. They think repentance is a bad word. Repent and turn to God. Well, repent just means to change your mind and think, rethink about things. And repentance is a wonderful thing. We're actually if we're really walking with God and allowing him to change us, we're, we're actually always in a, a state of repentance because he's transforming our mind. He's renewing our mind to line up with his mind and his heart. Another word that we hate is submission because we've seen abuses with submission, you know. And, but submitting is a wonderful thing. As the scriptures say to submit one to another. In the fear of the Lord, okay? Another word that we hate, we just hate that word, um, is judgment. Judgment. God doesn't judge. Yes, he does. He judges, and the purpose of judgment is to remove everything that hinders love. It's all about love. It's all about love. There's, there's multiple, multiple people on their way to eternal damnation, darkness, away from God. And God wants to use each and every one of us to, to rescue the lost. And the heart that we need for God to empower is going to be gained in a place of abiding. One thing that the Lord was just highlighting to me today was there's, um, there's a lot of people in, in the body of Christ they have the language of intimacy, which is different than having intimacy. We can say all the right things. I have an intimate relationship with God or just saying what we think that God wants to hear, but our heart's not really connecting with God. And so God wants to change that. He wants us to have the language and the experience of, of being close with God. And I believe that that's one of the things that he wants to do tonight. He wants us to just say, yes, God. I want to, I want to say no to some things, 
that are time-consuming. They could even be good things. It's like the enemy doesn't come with a pitchfork. He comes with an enticement to pleasurable things sometimes that are actually good things that are permissible things. But God wants to give us something better. He wants to give, him more, give us more of himself. Are you guys hungry for that? <laughs> you guys are looking so serious. Yeah. Are you hungry for more of him? Are you willing to say, God, I want you to change my appetite. I want an appetite for more of you. And I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking um, about all of us, but specifically, I believe that God wants to raise up some young people that are going to be so radically different. <laughs> oh, Isabel, you're pointing at her. <laughs> No, that's good. That's good, Izzy. So it's like forfeiting something inferior for something superior. The superior pleasure of knowing God and loving God. And I believe that as we just say yes, our yes is so powerful. When we say yes to God, we can say yes from a place of weakness we can say yes because we know it's the right thing to do, even though our flesh might be saying no, 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 no. But when we say yes to God, he empowers that yes. He gives us the grace, and the, which is the ability to do what our hearts long to do. So I'm going to put some worship music on, and I'm going to invite you guys up to the altar. Whoever wants the grace to abide in a deeper manner in this season of their life. And guess what? I want more grace to abide ever before. So I just want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you for your children, for your people. Thank you for your longing in your heart that you have for each one of us, Lord. I pray. Jesus, I pray, Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would release in our midst a greater, greater hunger to know you, to be with you. Lord, we can never, ever match the longing that you have for us. But Lord, you said that you would empower us to love you back the way you deserve to be loved. And we say yes to you tonight, God. We say yes. We give you permission to have your way in our hearts. We give you permission to give us an appetite to just to be with you because you long to be with us. Thank you, Lord, that we're alive at such a time as this, Lord, where you're raising up a people that are going to love you with all our hearts, our soul, our mind, and our strength. That's a promise that you gave us, Lord that you would enable us to do that. We bless you tonight, Lord. I thank you for every person in this room. I thank you that your leadership in our life is amazing. I thank you, Lord, that you meet us right where we're at. Lord, we just say, have your way. Have your way in our hearts. Have your way in our thoughts. 
just from the inside out for your glory. want prayer for any reason for healing for a fresh touch from God come forward and we'll pray for you God bless you you guys are good listeners there's nothing that matters more right now 